<laughs> All right, we got 20 more things to go on this trial. Let's go. <laughs> we got espresso. I wish we had espresso. <laughs> Welcome to Developers Hangout, a podcast for developers by developers, a place where we get together as often as possible and discuss a wide range of topics from the books we're reading to the latest news and commentary on other tech podcasts. I am Nathan Kirschbaum, and joining me is... Hey, I'm Al Nutilli. Hey, Al, what are we talking about today? Ooh, you learned from the last show. Oh, yeah. That's how I'm doing, yes. No petty talk for Al. (laughs) No petty talk. (laughs) Uh, so today we are going to hit the tools section of, of tech, ThoughtWorks Technology Radar, uh, and hopefully we'll get through all four sections before they release their next one. Um, so we'll be hitting tools, and um, there's a lot of topics there. Yeah, we're going to have to go quick on some of them. There's like, there's like 80 topics. I, well, like it will be quick because yeah. I don't, there's a lot of them I just don't even care about or right. we don't deal with, you know? Yeah. Um, all right, so let's hit the news, though, and the readings. Well, what we've been reading, news and happening. Yeah, yeah. All right, so the first one on my list is um, I'm still working through PHP Arc Attack, the, uh, the December magazine. Um, it was an interesting article on HTTP, uh, abstracting HTTP client in, in PHP. We deal with Guzzle clients a lot, so it was a nice look at how to use this other library to wrap Guzzle or anything you want to use and, and how to use it in a way that it made it really nice, I oh, thought. That's interesting. Finally, yeah, finally it made it... You know, it seemed like less of a wrestle and more of like, oh, I get it now. And it had nice middleware aspects to it, too. Hmm. Yeah. So really a good read in uh, PHP Arc December issue. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. Um, one, one article that I wanted to point out here, um, I saw earlier, uh, over the weekend, actually. It's called Use Your Eyes and Deep Learning to Command Your Computer. Um, and it was pre- it's pretty cool. Uh, I, I'm kind of trying to... I'm playing around with some Python and trying to like oh, just yeah. do some exploration with Python learning or machine yeah. learning in Python. And, um, uh, so I've just kind of been keeping my eye on, on the, what's going on. And this was, this was pretty neat. It basically walks you through the process of building a, a pipeline and using uh, machine learning algorithms to, to mm-hmm. kind of, f- uh, set up a situation where you can control your computer with your eyes. So it was pretty fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, um, they mentioned a Python framework, uh, it's, um, uh, for, for doing some of the machine learning stuff in Python. Um, yeah. What was that? That uh, was, uh, sky, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I always forget the name. It, it, I've used it a little bit and it's, it's just really neat. It's oh, just a nice yeah, entry cool. way. Yeah. All oh, right. It's uh scikit learn, I think yeah, is what they call it. Yeah. yeah really yeah. fun stuff. Yeah. I tried doing a whole thing around uh, IMDB database and stuff like that. Right. So, oh, that's cool. um, so, all right, the next one is uh, a YouTube video because some of us don't have time to read. Um, <laughs> so we watch videos while we're driving. Uh, so <laughs> AWS reInvent, life without SSH, immutable infrastructures in production. Huh. And just a really good look. At, it's a challenging look at like, and, and this is where we're aiming for, is like why do we need to SSH in and, and we really don't and, and how right. by not doing that we can build a, uh, I don't know, just a better f- structure to, to just work through. Uh, so with it, all of our efforts to do CD and CI and stuff. So that's basically just to automate everything, never have to touch the server kind of situation. 
Yeah, automation to the point of like you're not going to go fix the server. You're just going to upload the the new working one. Right. And hopefully with Docker, you have that sense of like it's working locally. It's going to work there. Right. Um. So yeah. So it's a it's a good video. It's a it's a it's a, a company who's really doing it. So it's not a theory. That's no, really cool. Yeah. Um. My second article is. Um, oh jeez. <laughs> yeah. I know Al likes to talk about politics. So. Yeah. Um. No, it, uh, it it does happen to do with politics, but I thought it was very interesting. A company yeah. built a machine uh, a bot um on on Twitter that uses machine learning algorithms to detect um when Trump is making negative statements about a company and then it does like real time like um uh micro investing uh to bet against the companies like so it takes odds on the companies uh, not doing well which cuz when this happens so for example recently uh he called out Delta um uh, for something and and you know their 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 stock took a little little dive wow. after he he did that um yeah. and so anyway this bot like basically uh beats the crowds to the market uh and is making money and they're do- this company's donating all the money that they're making oh, wow. to charity so it's kind of just an interesting yeah. example of what um it's ca- it's called the the trump and dump bot um but it, it was and, and you know so so they're and i think they're donating everything to like the american society for the prevention of cruelty to animals or something um but uh, yeah. and probably it was really just a, a nice a way to show off their company and they they work on um you know they work on uh machine learning so yeah if you watch the uh the if you go to the machine learning AWS tutorials one of them uh is how they hooked up their machine learning to Twitter as well with their um just using their uh Kinesis uh API or whatever mm, so yeah. that you could shoot it right over there like serverless yep. that makes sense i've been wanting yeah, to but- play with their emotions API yeah, yeah, but the hard part here is like, okay, we have this information. We know it's negative. We know it's about Delta. Now they have to talk to an ABI to, you know, right. sell and buy. Right. Yeah. It's an awesome idea, though. Yeah, it's interesting. All right, so now for the deep dive. Um, again, we're going through the four topics of Tech Radar, uh, and we're going to talk, ta- talk about the tools one. Um, the other topics are techniques, which we already did, platforms, and then languages and frameworks. Again, this is... Uh, they don't really know PHP exists, so sadly we won't touch on any of that. Um, maybe they'll listen to this and they'll remember. Um, but anyway, so <laughs> let's hit. Yeah, I know, unlikely. Let's hit the tools section. The first one is Babel. I have nothing to say, but let's let's sum it up though. So so Babel is a compiler that helps um, for kind of next generation Java JavaScript. So if you're dealing with ES6 or ES7, um, what it does is it it basically puts a really nice uh, uh, wrapper around um, all that and compiles it for uh, browser uh, compatibility, browser and server uh, backwards compatibility uh, for those older browsers. So it's actually one of the main reasons why um, ES6 and ES7 are starting to be adopted so quickly is is that it's allowing us to use them um, without uh, too much negative effects on older browsers. Yeah, um, uh, my notes under Babel are um, completely empty. So, anyways, I just, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I get it. It sounds fascinating. I don't need it day to day, and and when I finally do need it, I will um, use it. I guess. Yeah. Uh, Laravel seems to be. I don't know where they're at with it with web packets or whatever. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. It depends on what you're using. Like if you were using. Um uh, front, uh, you know, a, a front end framework yeah. that wasn't ancient, yeah. you know, <laughs> ancient like PHP. <laughs> no, 
no, no, yeah. front end. So this would be like, you know, not, not Angular 1.5. Right, right. You know, it's right. way too easy and way too comfortable <laughs> to throw it away. Um, so the next one is uh, console. Um, and this is, uh, we, so the service discovery tool supporting both DNS and HTTP. Um, health checks, register services, ensuring that health unhealthy instances are marked accordingly. It's, it's basically a tool um, that seems to be smart enough to deal with all the DNS trickiness and, and so forth to, deck, uh, to manage uh, server health, uh, microservices, and so forth, too. So it, it's, um, it, it sounds interesting. Um, for me, um, I always find it difficult to know when to use AWS's built-in tools right. versus these other tools. Right. So um, after we push AWS enough, maybe this is something we come back to. Yeah, I think it's. I think it may be helpful, one, especially as we start to um, uh, use Docker more, and it, you know, because it kind of. I think this yeah. would help. This can maybe helps orchestrate some of that. One thing they did mention yeah, though it's is all that built into AWS's uh, Docker Daemon. It's cause it's it? managing everything. Yeah, so maybe we won't need to use it. They did mention that setting it up is actually qu- quite a bit of effort, and so if you yeah. don't absolutely need it, it's not not something to one command ECS up and you have your whole cluster. It's just crazy. Yeah. And and then it has, you know, you can add monitoring to it and whatever. Yeah. Wild. Uh, yeah, it's 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 always in our world of AWS, if we go all in, it's it's always it's these tools are amazing, but it's just hard to know where to fit them in and when not to. Right. Um All right. Well the next tool is for you to read Grafana. <laughs> Grafana. Go for it. Yeah, so Grafana is a um is a tool that um, so ba- so basically this helps with with kind of like architecture styles like microservices, uh, QA in production, basically where you have like a bunch of different entities and it's it's kind of hard to aggregate that data and make meaningful analysis with it. Um, what Grafana does is basically provide that gateway, so you can yeah. you can kind of hook it up to a number of different services, uh, port a bunch of data into it, and it will yep. give you you know it actually like helps with things such as um, syncing up like differences in timestamps and stuff like that, so that uh, you, you can you can be more predictive with with oh, when yeah. you have multiple uh, data sets from different places. Um, it's actually interesting. I want to check it out more because we do have some microservices in our system that uh can be hard to it can be hard to like when you when you have yeah. uh when you have jobs going through you know, getting passed around to four or yeah. five microservices so seems pretty cool yeah i just want to use it to put a whole bunch of monitors on my walls and watch all these graphs growing and changing and everything it would be fun uh, yes someday <laughs> um it's because it, it has a really nice interface for that stuff so I don't know if you checked that out at all. No, I didn't. I want to. Uh, it's, it's, we stole some of the theme work for another project, and it's just a nice dark theme. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Um, all right. Okay, Packer. Um, Packer, uh, machine. so they, their summary is machine images become a staple of modern development pipelines, and there are a number of tools and techniques to create images. Because of its comprehensive feature set and positive experiences we have with it, we recommend Packer over the alternatives. Um, so yeah, Packer for packaging machine images, um, interesting stuff. And, uh, I, I just, again, look to see where everything else falls short and I finally need Packer, uh, you know, versus like, you know, Docker, AWS and, and the tools we have there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then how to fit Packer in if we need to, cause it does seem like a really nice, uh, tool set. Yeah. 
It's it's actually made by the company uh, HashiCorp, which also right. we're going to talk yeah. about them again actually with some security tools. Yeah, but. they seem everywhere. Console too has something to do with them too. Yeah, um, it seems really interesting though. We're we're it's, uh, to me it's interesting the idea of. Um, like we try to use a base image and then build everything on top of that. So the yeah. Im- the, it, for us, the image is not that is not terribly important. Like we're not we're actually not baking a lot of stuff into it. Yeah, but now we w- we will be though with uh, Docker, right? So right. you know, here's your Docker file with ten lines of code to build CentOS and uh, you know Nginx and PHP. Right. Um, you can just run that, you know. Yeah. But if we didn't have Homestead, maybe that's where we would be using this though. Right. You know, maybe. Yeah, uh, and then it would deploy our application, which is a weak spot of our workflows. Our application doesn't deploy perfectly to uh, AWS right now. There's so many differences. It, yeah, it gets you. I've been running into some stuff, and now with this, yeah, and now yeah. Homestead's become a pain switching between PHP right. 5.6 and and PHP yeah. 7 projects. You can do it. It's just really a pain. So I'm I'm looking yeah. forward to when we have uh, Docker. Yeah, know, Docker. It's going really well. But uh, so Packer, yeah. It's it's interesting. Um, we should keep an eye on this because where could it fit in if our workflow isn't as good as we want it to be with right. just the Docker ideas? Right. Um, tough one though because you have Docker, Docker Compose, and everything else. So that was the adopt section um, where they talk about what they really are confident about Docker. Uh, sorry, not Docker. Blah. Babel, Console, Grafana, and Packer. The next section is trial, where they're just into a phase of trying it out. They're not sure if they would recommend it, but it's positive enough to to be in trial. Yep. And the first one on the list there actually is um, uh, Apache Kafka, uh, which I've heard of before. It may have been on a rela- uh, the list previously, I think. But basically, this yeah. is a um, this is a way of capture- capturing information as a mu- uh, as a mutable uh, sequence of, of event at scale. Um, so this would be for things kind of like if you're building. Um, if you're building frameworks based on like messaging um, and things like that, where order matters, I think, so, you know, I've not used this before, but I think the key here, uh, I've used similar types of things, but the key here is that um, this is specifically for ordered event, uh, ordered event feeds. Um, Yeah. Basically um, it's, it's amazing stuff. This one says it's, it's a bit difficult to set up, but, it's really tempting. Um, one really good example is in our applications, we want to prove um, to ourselves and others like there's value here. Um, so you can take all of this event streaming from all of these different actions in your application and pull them together and, and try to assess certain amount of value in, in the application from those events and, and what's creating the most value, mm. what's being used the most. So it's it, it could it, there's some really cool stuff with this whole event. Um, uh, event, uh, what do they call it? Um, basically using events, events to really run things. Right. You could even re, you could rerun a whole set of, uh, experiences in your application through these events and so forth. So, but I, I don't know. It, it said it right there. Hard to, you know, it, it's, you know, Tricky. it's non-trivial. Yeah. yeah. So it'd be interesting. I mean, I wonder if there's a little bit easier ways to get the event stuff out of your systems, but yeah, it's all, um, it's really, the whole event thing is really something that, uh, I think we should start tackling. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if it would help too with the microservice aspect of things because you have all these events coming in from different machines. Right. And then you could see them in, in line with each other. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's really interesting, and especially for that type of um, kind of like an, a, 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 a higher level event broker that where maybe you're actually creating like data sets that can, can be 
uh, analyzed and utilized. Yeah. Uh, that that to me makes a lot of sense. I hope that we don't yeah. see like I was just you know like a venting became like the like yeah. the cool thing to do in Laravel like a year and a half yeah. ago or something like that. And I saw people using it for all kinds of stuff that like didn't make a lot of sense to me. So hopefully we don't. I'm sure we'll get that. We it's always like a curve thing, but yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> All right, we got 20 more things to go in this trial. Let's go. <laughs> we got espresso. I wish we had espresso. Um, so this is a uh, testing pyramid for Android application development. Um, it, it seems to be uh, they're using it a lot for functional testing tool. Uh, it seems to really do a good job of making it simple to test in even UI, obviously UI testing um, of, of Android applications. Uh, fascinating stuff. Um, we don't do a lot of... Um, pure Android development, but it's cool to see uh, any testing framework that makes it easier. Yeah. Yeah, um, and on that vein, actually, the next one, Fastlane, um, yeah. is similar kind of thing. This is an, oh, this yeah. is a, this is kind of the, 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 a tool for automated, um, yeah. uh, automated uh, iOS and Android testing. Um, and, it, you know, I guess it has a lot of stuff built into it, and it, it also um, is kind of like a key ingredient for folks who are trying to do uh, continuous delivery for mobile. Yep, yep. Um, and you're not using something like Ionic. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one is Gallon, um, testing layouts of responsive websites. And uh, it, it hooks into Selenium and gives you a way to shift from screen side size to screen size and, and maybe um, you know test what should be there and not be there automatically. Uh, it it's really, sounds really neat. Again, yeah. anything to make this stuff easier and automatab- automatable is, is amazing. Yeah, so very interesting. Um, Ooh. So the next one is uh, HashiCorp Vault, and I am yeah. I'm pretty excited to look more into this. I actually think I've heard you mention it before, Al. Um, right, we're supposed to start using it soon. Yeah, so. I'm pretty. I, I'm very interested to see how it works. Like we've this is something we've struggled with for a long time. So the problem that this solves is that it's it's kind of an old practice of keeping uh, secrets. So passwords or environment variables, like database credentials, API credentials, things like that. Uh, you know, either as part of the code base uh, in in source control or as like files and on servers and managing that is becoming increasingly difficult with like microservices. So you, now you've got to figure out how to get that file to, you know, 15 different places and to scale it up if, you know, if if you're scaling servers or scale, you know, it's just, uh, it's very challenging to deal with. So, um, this is a product uh, by uh, HashiCorp that um, so, so attempts to solve that. But it's that. open source. Right, right. It is open yeah. source. So um, it's kind of interesting. So it does require like, you know, so uh, the comments they make on it is it's a, it's a command line tool. So uh, that's why you can you can uh, automate it. But it does require uh, kind of like some uh, a fair amount of discipline uh, yeah. from, from the team to get to get this uh, working correctly. No, it's exciting. It's it's one of the hard things I'm trying to tackle, um, and it's all been done before with, like you're saying, spinning up microservices and whatnot, uh, passing those variables around. Uh, very interesting. Can't wait to start using it. I mean, even just to use it for microservices would be a cool thing to try out. Yeah. Um, the next one is called uh, JSON Assert. Um, <clears throat> uh, writing so test in one. Java. <clears throat> We're done. Okay, the next one is... Uh, <laughs> More exciting. <laughs> you can take on this one. All right. So uh, the next one's Let's Encrypt. Um, and a lot of you have probably heard about it, but th- this is pretty awesome. They they first yeah. p- appeared around, I think, dis- around 2015. And 
um, or maybe a little earlier actually, but they've recently just come out. Now they're not in beta anymore. They're fully available. Uh, they do a lot of integration. You, you can, they've got a great API. So a lot of third party yeah. providers are integrating, but basically yeah. it allows, uh, SSL certificates and encryption for free, um, through a kind of like really easy, easy to manage process. Yeah. Um, I'll command line if you want. Yep. Yep. And, um, yeah, there's not much more to say about it than that. I mean, it really, it's yeah. basically trying to help uh, making it easier for the world to become fully encrypted. Yeah, I wonder why it's not in um, uh, adopt. Should just be adopt. It's probably a little so. early. Like my so one yeah. thing that I noticed about it, just playing around, is that you need to have um, you basically they don't allow you to do like long term c- certificates. The same yeah, but way there's d- security reasons for that. They're doing that for, um, I forget the actual security reasons, but that's good. Right. Uh, it provides a certain um, level of uh, extra security. Right. It doesn't bother um, me, but you can get it. You Like, if you're not careful, you'll get a, you'll get invalid certs in production, which could be a real big problem for yeah, but, if you right, don't do but it now right. we Ironically, we come back to AWS, right? We use, <laughs> we're using AWS's free certs behind an elastic load balance. Right. You say but free, it, but what do we really pay for all those other yeah. services? That <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, Let's Encrypt is amazing. Forge, yeah. I use it there. So yeah. they just have a cron job that keeps it updated. Right. Uh, the next one is Load Impact. It's a SaaS load testing tool that can generate highly realistic loads up to 1.2 million concurrent <laughs> users. I think this was a so, product yeah. idea you had two years ago that someone else well, did. Well, um, no, <laughs> it's for, been around forever. My goal was to build it around BHAT so we can actually use our uh, complex interactions more wisely uh, yeah. to do load testing. But yeah, interesting stuff. I mean, um, we don't deal in this realm. Um, but yeah, sounds fascinating to yeah. have uh, that load uh, 1.2 million concurrent users. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, very much. So. Um the next one on the list in the trial phase is OWASP dependency check. We talked about this one on, I think, last year. Um, it's moving up the charts. Uh, basically, yeah. I forget what OWASP stands for. It's some organization, but essentially, what it does is um, what this package does is it's it's a dependency checker. Um, so you know, one of the one of the problems you have it's a, it's great to, to use package managers and to have like you know if you looked into any package you're you know you're you're or, or you know like a Laravel app or a Symfony app or whatever you're pulling yeah. in hundreds yeah. of packages often and it's hard to track, like for one person to track, like when security updates need to be made per package or whatever. That's, yeah. uh, that doesn't happen, basically, is what that means. So I, this, I don't think they work with uh, PHP. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, well, no, you're right. They don't. They don't. They, 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 they've got a long list of people they support, but not PHP. So, anyway, someone out there needs to like study what they're doing and like create this. Well, for they PHP. have it. So, they have it for, um, so All Wasp, just for the record, is Open Web Application Security Project. There we go. Right, that was the dumbest name ever, but they do some <laughs> fascinating work. So anyways, but like you said, and, and we have um, Symphony Labs, Sensio Labs, um, has a nice feature. I made that little artisan command so you could yeah. check your Composer JSON. Uh, so they really did a good job at Sensio Labs of making it simple to check your Composer JSON, which is what OWASP is doing. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, great tool to do, take care of you uh, for your you know Java.net Ruby node in Python. So we should, we should make that part of our build process instead of just running it locally. Or I should, I, I guess I'm, I run it. Yeah. I run it nightly. <laughs> do you? Um, okay. I think it's a really good point though, to do it in the build. Honestly, that's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, the, I sent you a thing, you know, <laughs> go, go use it, go make it better. Let's add more checks to it. Yeah. Sounds good. The next, the next one is, um, Oh good. I'm uh, glad you're going to pronounce this. Yeah, I know. Huh, dude? Uh, <laughs> 
Pally, but it's a it's P A one one Y. It's fat. It's really cool. Uh, it's an automated uh, accessibility tester. Yeah. This is uh, so, cool. Yeah, so I mean that says it all. It's it's basically testing your website for uh, accessibility. Yeah. Uh, and that so, yeah. can be a pain if you're working on a government website or something like command line too, yeah. so you could work it in the CI. Yeah. yeah totally. That's awesome. Um the next one is one I've heard you talk about before too. I oh, think yeah. server spec. Um yeah. so this is kind of automated provisioning testing, which is really, really great. Something we need to focus on a little more. Um, we're doing all right, but basically once you've made the decision to automate everything, it, you know, you've got your code tested and you've got, uh, you know, your testing strategy in place and then you, you know, but what happens on your automation level? So if you're, if you're creating Ansible scripts and you are using kind of, uh, like a continuous delivery pattern uh, or services, uh, what tests those things? Um, so this is like, we do that all the time. we fix things in our main repository and then we run a build and the next person who runs it pays for the mistake. Right. Um, cause you can't deep that it, we weren't, we're not testing so deeply that we're testing the EC2 instance after it's built. Right. And being like, Hey, is supervisor running yet? Is NGINX running? Is PHP running? Is everything okay? It, it, this is an amazing idea. Yeah. So we got to start using it. Um, yeah. So that's server spec. Um, geez. Yeah, we're almost there. We're like two thirds of the way there. Yes, I don't yes. know if that counts as almost, but yeah. And then I get the harder ones to pronounce. So talisman, <laughs> it's true. This uh, time. <laughs> the maturity of tools such as Vault, there is no longer excuse for storing secrets in code repositories. Um, so they mention uh, scanning tools and so forth. Talisman, which is a pre-push hook for Git that scans commits for secrets matching predefined patterns. Right. Again. Why not? That's awesome. Yeah. So this is yeah. kind of a proactive approach to like awesome. other things like that. So they they mention other things like Git Rob that will analyze your GitHub repositories yeah. for things you've already committed. This prevents it from happening in the first Why place. Why let it up there? Yeah, I yeah. should be running Git Rob nightly. I'm gonna make a note of that <laughs> on all our repos. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we should start doing uh, Talisman and uh, and um, and Git Rob. All these simple things to really keep everything more safe. Um, yeah, all right, so the next one as I make a to-do. Oh, geez. Uh, that's yours. You can do it. <laughs> uh, Terraform. So this yeah. um, this one sounds extraterrestrial, um, but what it is is it's just um, – uh, it's basically a cloud infrastructure uh, tool for writing declarative definitions that can be run with a bunch of other open source tools. Uh, usually things like Puppet, Chef, Ansible. Um, <laughs> so I haven't used this before or looked into it really, but um, you know, it sounds like it's kind of just an abstraction that simplifies and makes more understandable and readable some of the more complex tools that we use for automation. So when are we going to call our show the AWS Developers Hangout? Because again, we have <laughs> cloud formation. It does all of that. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, I mean, I think this is kind of like CloudFormation. Mm-hmm. My sense is this is CloudFormation for people who don't... Uh, yeah, haven't you sold know. themselves out to AWS. Like, right, have, right. Yeah, all right, fine. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. It's like one of those things. Like, I feel like AWS is a, is a luxury that not everyone wants to or can afford. Yeah, uh, totally, know, so. totally, totally agree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the next one is Teammate for uh, pair programmers who don't... Um, Want to step into the modern era? Yeah, this uh, so one surprised me. Jeez, <laughs> oh, like I don't really want to see your screen. I just want to see your editor. And uh, okay, whatever. 
So well, this one's not even an editor. It doesn't like you can't use uh so you, so you can't use uh No, you're ID just in your this. terminal with yeah. Vim. Like when's the last uh, time we did some pairing on the terminal? I've yeah. seen awesome stuff there. I get it, but uh, I just don't get it cuz it's like there's so much more to pairing than looking at my terminal. Yeah. But if you're working on just command line stuff and and scripts and uh, maybe stuff at that level. This is amazing. And Screen Heroes Overkill, it's a memory hog and yeah. slow. So maybe that's where teammate. I mean, it's. I did some training with someone once and he took over and we did uh, TMUX and he did great stuff. It was fun to work with him, but yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, you can do the next one. Sure. So oh, this one, this is what I mentioned before. This is what Laravel uses. Yeah, yeah, Webpack. So. Um, so this is kind of like the go to JavaScript module bundler. Uh, bundler. Um, it's got all kinds of plugins and loaders. Um, this kind of allows you to, like, you know, for example, Babel, which we mentioned earlier, you can use that to compile. It helps with, like, ES6 workflows. Um, if you use, uh, you know, Vue or a number of other tools, like, you can pull in things like Browserify, um, which kind of covers a similar space but but is, like, is more um, focused on making Node.js uh, available for client-side use. Um, yeah. It's it kind of abstracts like um, it, it just it makes things a lot simpler and allows you to kind of pull in tools where you need it. Um, I've actually really enjoyed it compared to like you know building the old custom gulp files uh, yeah. of yesterday. But sometimes that's required. So there's a few projects we still do that on. But uh, yeah. for for your typical project, these Webpack and these kind of things are are. Uh, are so is it replacing like, gulp? Uh, no, it's okay. it's not. I don't think the. Um, I've played with it in Laravel 5.4, but yeah. I haven't like I've had I've not built any 5.4 yep. apps yet. I've just played just played with it. Man, I love the back end. I don't want to do any more front end <laughs> that stuff. Like, you really you I mean I don't know. View, man. View's a pleasure to deal with. Yeah, it's it's a good point. Angular's not unpleasure, but no, I, I agree. I, that, I don't know if I mean if Vue can if Vue can um go without these complexities for those people who are just making widgets it, it makes a lot of sense yeah it's an order of magnitude question it yeah. certainly is um and there's nothing wrong with angular there's some really compelling stuff with angular yeah i mean 1.5 i mean it, it seems old but it's still working and by the way i'm um, sure you can compile i'm i probably I probably shouldn't say this but i'm sure having not actually checked it all that you can Comp- that you can you know leverage uh webpack for angular projects like why wouldn't you all it does, you know it's it's just a compiler and it helps to pull in some of those extra things so i'm sure i'm sure you can pull in and compile your view fi- or your uh angular files with it as well It'd be crazy yeah. crazy to not if that didn't work so yeah um uh i'm stalling while i try to remember what this one's about so it's Zipkin. Basically. Everyone knows what it's about. We can just Zipkin. move right on. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you need a way of measuring the end-to-end latency of many logical requests, um, Zipkin continues to be a strong choice. Um, my notes basically say if you need a way of measuring it. <laughs> so I basically <laughs> quoted what they said. I, I, I wonder if this would help with our, our, with our, um, with our microservice questions, right? Like, what is taking so long or what, what's going from here to there, you know? Um, and it seems to include binaries or, or, uh, plugins for different services. Um, so I I don't know if it would actually fit into that, into that area. Um, there are now bindings for Python, Go, Java, Ruby, Scala, C, Sharp, 
and there are Docker images available for those who want to get started quickly. Um, I don't think these people have PHP on their keyboard, but anyways, so <laughs> there's an active Chrome community around the users. So it, it just sounds like a good library for doing that stuff. We should, um, I don't know if it means, though, it would help us with our microservice connection issues or latencies or other things. Yeah, and, I get the and, sense it's a pretty specialized tool. Um, and, and like you said, we have a different situation where, you know, we now have to use New Relic. It's like, I wonder if New Relic replaces these these more open, uh, more open source uh, tools. Right. Um, man, we just need to sell ads because we just use everybody's freaking services and we don't <laughs> use any freaking open source stuff. Uh, All right, anyways. That's uh, funny. So the final... Second final department is assess. After this one is hold. Hold only has one, and it scares me because it's something we're working heavily on. Oh, really? Um, oh, I didn't yep. man. Assess. Oh, God. Yeah, assess is, like, um, worth exploring with the goal of understanding how it will affect your enterprise. So the first one there is An- Android x86. Um, Super exciting. Yeah. So it says it all. Um, you know... Android, Android x86. <laughs> or you can do the next one. Uh, the next one's actually interesting, Axios. So um, Axios is a promise-based HTTP client in JavaScript. Um, and <clears throat> they, they describe it here as being better than Fetch. I've actually not used Fetch or heard of it. But what I do know is that in the latest version of Vue, which I have used, um, they, they actually are recommending uh axios oh cool Uh, and so far it's been nice i mean i haven't like i've just been futzing around with it but um i'm pretty excited about it because um you know that can be one of the trickier parts of dealing with a front-end framework is is making sure that you handle uh http requests and responses in a sane way um in a secure way so uh you know, any simplifications I'm very excited about. Well, and it's good he's not trying to build it himself where we use Angular. It has a built-in HTTP um, right. client. Uh, it's it's really neat. Um, yeah, okay. So, that, no, it's good. That's good. Um, and it's really cool. The whole promise thing is really fun, uh, how it lets you free up the whole UI for things to happen all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, the next one <laughs> is is uh, bottled water. Uh so basically, um, uh, with the growing interest of streaming data architectures and downstream data lakes they feed, we have seen an increased reliance on change data capture, tooling the connect transactional data stores to stream processing systems. Bottled yeah. water is a welcome addition to this field, converting changes in Postgres, SQL right ahead logs, and Kafka. So these are those moments where I basically feel like Enterprise is this other planet, and I don't live there. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have no clue. Yeah. So I, I don't know if you want to say anything there. Uh, it looks like just an event capturing system. Um, yeah. no, 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 nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Don't worry, Lord. There's a, I mean, there's just so many people in a whole different, like, like dimension than ours. Uh, it's kind of fun though. I like to push oh, myself yeah. into it a little. Like, um, yeah. I kind of felt this way about, um, uh, machine learning not too long yeah. ago. And I'm still not like a, there, are, there are people that are like super, super smart working on machine learning stuff. Like luckily yeah. we, ha- we are actually working with some right now. Are really fun. Um, yeah. but, um, but I, so I'm not saying I understand it 
hardly at all, but I understand it better than I did a year ago. And yeah. uh, it's kind of fun to push yourself into that. 10 bucks says you don't understand the next one. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't. I, I, is it, uh, it's, it's cl- closure, right? Or clo- how do you pronounce closure, that? Yeah. Closure. Yeah. yeah. So this yeah. is closure.spec. Um, yeah. And so what this does is. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> you can say you don't know. It's so hard. Try it. Try reading what they say it does. Um, well, I could just read it. I mean, how, that's easy. Uh, I'll, I'll sound really smart. Um, so one of the perpetual developer debates involves language typing, right? How much is just right? Well, Clojure, the dynamically typed functional lisp on the JVM, added a new entry into this discussion that blurs the lines. Clojure.spec is a new facility facility built into closure that allows developers to wrap type and other verification criteria around data structures such as allowable value ranges pretty amazing stuff yep yep i'm just a dumb <laughs> php developer i don't know this next one though i'm pretty excited about <laughs> yes uh, fb snapshot test case uh testing the visual portion of ios applications be painful slow and flaky which is why we're happy to include FB snapshot test case in our toolkit. It automates taking, storing, and diffing snapshots of UI components so you can keep the interfaces pixel perfect. Uh, since it mm-hmm. runs as a unit test in the simulator, it is faster, more reliable than functional testing approaches. Wow. I wonder if they're taking snapshots of like images, like screenshots, or if they're like taking snapshots of data, or it's kind of interesting. I think it's 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 uh yeah I think it's images of uh, the screenshots and doing pixel perfect stuff. It's, no, it's, if it's that that, then I'm not that impressed. I was yeah, it was a little I mean more. it's maybe it's fast, maybe it's uh, it's uh, quicker than what we're doing, but it's definitely it, it says it's around iOS. Yeah, uh, which is you know I would love to get an iOS. Um, I wish I did it years ago, um, but now it seems like it'd be better to do Ionic or something. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so that was FB snapshot test case. All one all right. word. Great. Next we have grasp. Um, and, uh, let's see. So this is a, uh, this is a JavaScript command line refactoring tool. Um, and what it does is it provides a rich set of selectors and operating against the abstract syntax tree. Uh, (laughs) My notes say yawn. I mean, come uh, on. No, this is really important stuff. It, it, it's leagues ahead it of fiddling it, with the said and grip, okay? Yeah, yeah. Which is amazing. Again, I think this is a lot of that command line moment, right? Where they're dealing with just data from different sources and whatnot, and they have to process it. Maybe mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I'm not as I'm not as in touch with the JavaScript, the front end JavaScript world. I feel like yeah, maybe but this it's isn't even front end. This is it's like not? no. Well, no. okay. Maybe you're right. No, I you're have no right. clue you're then. Right. I don't know fun. why you would need set and grip in the front end. I think it's yeah, just no, uh, right. it's like more tools. Tool yeah, yeah, more tools. All right. Um, okay. Maybe. I don't know. Well, if you're the, relying on this podcast for these types of tools, look <laughs> elsewhere because we have no idea Remember, what we're talking there's about. There's PHP in our title. There's many things we don't use or understand. All right. Lambda CD. Uh, provides teams with a way to find continuous delivery pipelines and closure. This brings the benefits of infrastructure as code to the configuration of CD servers, source control management, and unit testing, refactoring, code reuse. This is interesting. So, yeah, it, it is. It is. It's, I mean, it's a good habit to to do all of this in code. 
so that's a great thing. And this particular way of doing it um, with closures and, and this way of programming it, it, it looks nice. I mean, I think, um, you know, it would have been useful. Uh, once again, we get into that mindset of AWS. Right. Uh, so it doesn't fit in there as much. Um, but maybe if you're doing something else, it could work out. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, it's, you know, um, yeah, yeah, it's just outside of what we're doing. But yeah, if you want to, you really should be doing your code, your deployment in your code. So it's one way to do that. Yeah, makes sense. Um, This next one, Pinpoint, was uh, equally as yawn-inducing for me. Um, I mean, there's some interesting stuff here. So if you've never heard of the Phoenix server or the Phoenix environment, that's kind of cool. Oh, you're right. Okay, this is yawn. Go. We we covered that before, but... um, uh, but that's kind of interesting. I like that one. This is a tool that kind of like fits in. It can be used as an alternative to like app dynamics and Dynatrace. Uh, it's written in Java. Um, that tool, it reference, it references that tool Zipkin, which we totally fumbled and know nothing about. So <laughs> anyway, check out pinpoint. Yeah. It, and I had it like, uh, it had, my note was Java based, but nice application, but nice, sorry, <laughs> uh, application performance management tool and effective with microservices. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, again, the application performance management needs of, of microservices, um, uh, so many particular places that those can be weak and, and it's hard to track. Maybe that can help you. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, the next one. So close. We are, and so close to, <laughs> to uh, we're, we're no less ignorant. We're just closer <laughs> yeah, to being exactly. done with proving our ignorance. But, okay, so anyways, PyTest is a test coverage analysis tool for job. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Come on. It's a There's test been a coverage. There's a lot of test tools in this. Uh, but in it's this for world. Java. It's like these people, like, Sometimes that's interesting, though. I mean, we found a, what was that library you showed me recently? From um, it was written in Ruby, I think that yeah. was that actually was doing um, API contract tests. That was really yeah. cool. So sometimes oh, wow. we get a lot out of it. it, it that's one, Ruby, though. though. Um, I remember which one you're talking about. Uh, but this is PyTest is a test coverage analysis tool for Java that uses mutation testing techniques and you know some great ideas, and, and it works with Java. It's um, and the mutation aspects make your test a little bit like I had this happen all day today. Like, oh, we didn't think about that with our data, and therefore it failed. So, you know, I should start doing more mutation testing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, um, the next one on the list for access is uh, RepSheet, um, and this one's kind of interesting. The um, so so there's a lot. So this one focuses on attacks that are on web properties using bots and. Um, what this does is it helps to identify bad actors um, by recognizing activity patterns and fingerprints. So there's so there's basically like you can plug into this using a pat on the Apache or Nginx level, um, and then using like uh, predefined or user defined rules, uh, you can then take certain action. Uh, such as blocking users or yeah. uh, you know something else, so that's pretty pretty useful. And I yeah. guess this is there are other tools out there that does it that do this, but uh, this one is kind of like a little more slick, a little more simplified, and it's kind of nice to use. So that's kind of yeah, neat. it's definitely on the to do list to look at that one. And um, it, you know, it, I don't understand the um, 
Uh, well, it's bot-based attack, so yeah. I don't know how well it would fit into our world. Um, well, bot-based, yeah, I mean, we should start using this one. This would be a, this would be a nice addition to see what's going on with all our apps. And they could mm-hmm. share the thread analysis so you could have one app learn from another. Mm-hmm. Um, I really got to look into that. Um, all right, this is what I was trying to t- tell you about earlier was the SkyKit-Learn. And this is an increasingly popular machine learning library written in Python. It provides a robust robust set of machine learning models such as clustering, classification, regression, and dimensionality um, reduction, and a rich set of functionality and comparison tasks. So um, it's a nice kit uh, to get going with machine learning if you want to do it that way uh, versus the Google one, um, uh, which is, I'm just spacing on the name right now, but... um, uh, and uh, it, it, it's in, it's some fun projects up there that you can do to get going. So that's that's scikit-learn. Nice. Yeah, I would definitely recommend it. It's it's fun. Yeah, I'm going to check it out. Um, I've, I'm reading this book. I'm surprised they didn't mention it yet. but Because anyway. it's a book. Yeah, probably. They, they're so <laughs> out of date the moment they're in your hand. <laughs> it's like three months old. Yeah. Um, so we're into the last section. This section is uh, called Hold. And this yep. section, there's actually only one item yep. in this, um, which Al's about to tell me he's been converting our entire infrastructure to. So yep. I'm excited to hear not that. Not me. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, no, I have not the impression names. someone might be. Okay. Um, so their, their definition of hold is proceed with caution. in uh, it's Jenkins as a deployment pipeline. And they sum it up as we know we're in a perilous territory here since we build a competing tool because... Um, ThoughtWorks does have a, a pipeline CI tool, but we feel we have to address the persistent problem. Continuous integration tools like Cruise Control and Jenkins are valuable for software development. But as your build pro- process gets more complex, it requires something beyond just continuous integration. It requires a deployment pipeline. We frequently see people trying to use Jenkins as a deployment pipeline tool. Um, uh, with the aid of plugins, but our experience is that, is that these quickly become a tangle. Uh, Jenk- a tangle. Jenkins 2.0 introduces pipeline as code, but continues to model pipelines using plugins and fails to change the core Jenkins product to model pipelines directly. Seems like a holy war happening right here. Well, no, but it also... It makes pipeline, sense. Yeah, but pipeline as code, that, that's an interesting way of like um, uh, surfacing a problem that instead of like maybe Jenkins isn't addressing in the sense of like, Oh, all your things you need are in your code. Great. We're going to now have all these plugins anyways. Um, so I, I get a, I, I would like to read more. There's a Martin Fowler article they link to, uh, called deployment pipeline and to see how they're defining that term. Um, and, uh, in, and then to see why Jenkins would fall part, fall short in their minds with those plugins, um, and so forth. Um, but it, it does happen a lot with tools where they stick around for a while and, and things change, but they try to fit their model into that change. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of get it there. So Yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, so... I think uh, we get it. Yeah. To, I mean, there's just a ton of stuff I don't even understand there. Um, so, uh, But some good ones we picked up. I think it was three or four I put in my to-do list of things I need to get on top of. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, especially the security stuff. It's just really cool how much free stuff there is for us to start using to be safer. Yeah. Um, the next topic will be platforms. Um, and uh, the adopt section has things like Docker, HSTS, and Linux security modules. 
in in the uh, hold will be CMS as a platform. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we agree with that. Really in, yeah, over in bitch, in big, uh, in bitch, uh, I can't pronounce that word. Superficial private cloud. <laughs> anyway, so a lot of good topics there. So I'm looking forward to platforms. Um, and after that will be languages and frameworks. And we're guaranteed to not see the letters PHP anywhere. Um, <laughs> <but> anyways. <laughs> Oh, so, all right, all right. I think that's it. Yeah, um, it's been fun. Yeah, we'll hit that next one soon. Um, the as you know, as you hear our intro, we promise very little for consistency, um, but we do hope to get to this one soon uh, and show up within the next week or two with the next, um, the third of these four uh, sections. But uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks. Talk to y'all soon. Thanks again for listening to the show. If you can just take a moment to rate us on iTunes, it's a big, big help. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Devs Hangout and tweet about the show. Another way is to visit our website at developershangout.io. Leave comments, suggestions, and see show notes. Uh, It really helps us to get the feedback. Keeps us focused, gives us ideas, gives us energy for the next show. And once more, we just want to say thanks to our sponsors, PHP Arc, for putting out a great magazine every month and including us in it. Thanks again. See you next show.